Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. It's a game night. It's a matchup for top spot in the NHL. Specific division. The Vegas Golden Knights coming in with a record of 38-24-8 against the Edmonton Oilers, 37-24-8. Obviously, the Oilers have a game in hand. Uh, the goaltending matchup will be Miko Koskinen, who's been red hot for the Oilers. 934 save percentage since the All-Star break against Marc-Andre Fleury. Who's had an interesting year? He's got five shutouts, uh, but he's got a surprisingly for him pedestrian 905 save percentage. This guy's been a terrific goaltender for a long time in his NHL career. Guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Roos Chris in Edmonton was the 99th. Roos Chris, open up. That 99 number, that's a great number at Edmonton. And Roos Chris is at 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. Brendan, just give me a heads up when we've been able to go negotiate contact with our guests. That'd be great. I think we should be good to go. Let's give it a try. All right. Uh, from the center of the Canadian media universe and a man with all the inside organization on coronavirus, so much so that who wanted him to actually handle their press conference? We welcome back to the show, John Shannon. Hello, John. How are you? Let me uh, see if I can talk through this mask and the gloves that I have on, Bob. This thing is, uh, it's its its becoming a pretty big deal, isn't it? I mean, its it's obviously Canada has its confirm, uh, first confirmed uh, death just in the last just announced here in about the last hour or so out of British Columbia. Uh, there's about 75 cases across uh, Canada at this time. Obviously, Canada's still, relatively speaking, low risk uh, compared to, to places like China, Italy, uh, South Korea, and now we're hearing Spain. But what can you tell us through your league sources as to the challenges that are sort of coexisting for the National Hockey League right now, John? Well, uh, as uh, even as the commissioner said on the weekend, uh, Bob, it's, uh, it's an hour-by-hour update. Uh, he's being very respectful for, of the CDC and Health Canada. He's also talking. Uh, it's difficult for the commissioner who sits in New York or wherever he is uh, at a different time and then tell the people uh, in different parts of the continent uh, the importance and the, uh, uh, the relative uh, safety uh, concerns that each team has a better uh, handle on in their community. So he's relying a lot on input from the teams uh, in certain situations. Obviously, 
the people in the uh, San Francisco, San Jose area have had a different impact than, uh, say, people in Edmonton and Winnipeg have had. So from that perspective, it's a, uh, it's a listening and a monitoring situation for the league. Uh, behind the scenes, you can be assured that there is planning and uh, alternate planning taking place that uh, probably and hopefully may not ever see the light of day. Uh, when it comes to uh, what happens if uh, if uh, the CDC or Health Canada decide to uh, to legally shut down any public forum uh, that would put uh, a ton of uh, uh, a ton of public events in peril, not just the National Hockey League. Well, that's what is going to go next. I mean, just a small little thing from our media world perspective, but access to the dressing room has uh, has been changed here. Uh, uh, you know, the league put out a memo, I believe, Saturday, right around 11 o'clock. Right as, actually, we were in after the morning skate against Columbus. I know Elliot Friedman had tweeted it out, uh, saying that the dressing rooms would be shut down. And just so everybody's aware, in the third and fourth round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, there's a very specific sort of manner in which uh, they deal with, you know, the accumulative uh, effects of a, a lot of media covering, you know, the final two rounds of the NHL playoffs. So there is some synchronicity with that. That's kind of the first step in this, isn't this, uh, John? It is, and, and uh, but but that, if that's a temporary thing, Bob. That that is put in place to be respectful of uh, of what is going uh, on around our communities. It's not just uh, NHL driven, but it's just being respectful of. Of public health and public safety. Yeah. Uh, so from from that perspective, uh, I, I'm I'm a little disappointed in the knee-jerk reaction of some members of the media. Uh, I think we all can learn to live uh, outside of the the dressing room for a couple of weeks, as we make sure that the coronavirus uh, is put in its right spot and 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 we put life in in proper perspective. Uh, I'm a little more concerned about uh, health and safety of thousands of people than I am of some of us in the media getting quotes. Yeah. So from that perspective, it's a temporary thing. Benton told us it was a temporary thing. And you know what? There are more important things in life. All right. So uh, from a, a more global perspective, uh, let's take the next step here. Could we foresee a scenario where the games would be played in empty buildings like we've had in Europe and Switzerland? I believe just today in Italy announced no sport for the next uh, two to three weeks, I believe, or maybe it's even longer than that. Mm-hmm. They've, yeah. they've quarantined the country. Italy is one of the countries that's up. Uh, I, there's, there's a split hosting process for the upcoming Euro that's going to take place, which is a you know second largest uh, soccer event in the world. So it's a pretty uh, substantial event that they that they're a part of there. Could we see that come to fruition if things do not improve with the coronavirus? Well, uh, again, I don't, I don't want to sound like a politician, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, I think preparedness is the one thing that becomes the reality. Uh, and the preparedness of the hockey clubs, the preparedness of the leagues uh, in dealing with the, the, the governments and, and, the, and public safety and public health programs uh, becomes paramount. And, and as much as we love our hockey, uh, I think we love. Uh, we, we would rather see a, a, a disease-free society uh, at that point. And, and really, I, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, Bob. Uh, particularly in North America, 
uh, where, um, respectfully to what's happened in other parts of the, of the world, as you, as you brought up, uh, we have not we have not been hit nearly as hard here uh, as as other countries have. So it's it. This is a be cautious, be prepared, and let's see what happens. And then you know, let's uh, worrying about playing in front of empty buildings. You know darn well the league will have a plan, whether it be neutral sites, whether it be a shorter schedule. There will be situations that the league will deal with. But I just don't think we're there yet, and I think it's probably not really wise to discuss it. Let's just be prepared for it. I'm going to ask you one more question as it pertains. They're continuing to negotiate the, the CBA moving forward. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. still talking now. Um, is there a possibility... Just in terms of, uh, uh, and I know a, a rough number was put out there in the salary cap. I mean, we're seeing, you know, today was a devastating day in the stock markets. 30% drop in oil prices. Um, could there be a collateral effect that, that, that could do damage to the projected growths and earnings of the National Hockey League moving forward here? Well, I, I suppose so. Uh, you know, but you know, but you know, we both listened to Eileen Bell's news update and and what she said and what the expert that she had on said. You know, we we still may see a sixty dollar a barrel uh, oil by the end of the year. This, you know, the hope is and fingers crossed that this is a temporary issue, uh, and that uh, and we can see in a short period of time business as usual, um, and in the the long term effects. When you deal and you're talking about cap hits and, and, and the CBA, the long-term effects is that there always will be growth because I don't, you know, we, if we have an epidemic that is that impactful, then there are a lot more important things than worrying about what the cap hit is. Uh, we're, we're talking about thousands of sure. deaths, not, not just what we've seen. So I, don't, I, I see this as a small blip when it comes to the growth of the National Hockey League, uh, but just hope that in toes and fingers crossed that everybody is prepared uh, if things do get worse. The one thing I guess we want to reiterate at this stage is you believe the league, and you've worked in the league before, John, they would have some strategies already in place if worst-case scenarios take place. Absolutely. They have been working on this. And the one thing I can tell you about Gary Bettman is he, he, he there's, a, there's a, a misconstrued, thought about Gary. Gary is always thinking about what happens a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. Uh, I can assure you that his inner cabinet of people have been working on plans, have working on schedules, working on uh, alternate sites, uh, working on every aspect. And as I said, I mean, the, the, the best news of all would be that none of these plans ever come to fruition and ever get made public. Right, absolutely. All right, let's switch focus. Uh, we got a big game tonight here in Edmonton, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, John, it's pretty evident. I think we're seeing some fatigue with Edmonton here. And it, it, the Oilers had a really odd schedule, right? They had the 14 games in 23 days, basically in December. Mm -hmm. And then they only had nine games over the next 38 days. And obviously the team performed well, got lots of practice time in. And now they got a compressed schedule in the month of March, 16 games in 30 days. So uh, I guess that's all part and parcel to, you know, players wanting uh, off weeks or bye weeks. And, you know, CBA mandated four off days per month. But the end result is every team in the league has to deal with compressed. The fact that you're going to play it in three time zones. 
I mean, I you know, still at this late date, here we are in the month of March, and, and the Oilers still have another trip east. Uh, to me, yeah. that's the one that I would look at. I, I, and, and if I'm Kenny Holland, um, who probably didn't have as much to do with this year's schedule as he, as he already has had to do with next year's schedule, it's probably something that he would want to try to reduce. Is, you know, I, I remember previous general managers in Alberta and, and Cliff and, and Glenn come to mind that they would always talk about making sure that they had very few trips east after the 1st of March and to maintain, you know, stay in the mountain time zone, stay in the Pacific time zone and keep your travel. You know, games are one thing, but keep your travel down to a minimum because we know, I mean, you live it, Bob, you, you understand what the impact of those time zone oh, yeah. changes and overnight flights do to you. John, I can tell you right now, we have, and I get texts sent to me all the time on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, and there's, you know, people like, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Scheduling is a big factor, because, and, and part of my theory on this is, in a cap system, the talent is distributed fairly evenly, which is why, on any given night, I mean, Detroit, as tough a year as they're having, they have beaten Boston four times this year. That's the worst team in the league beating the best team in the league four separate occasions. And so when when you have the talent as tight as it is from top to bottom on the league, other factors come into play. And scheduling is a factor. And I think it's a factor that people, generally speaking, completely underestimate. Well, and, and let, me just, let me just throw this at you, Bob, as part of that scheduling. There's a contractual obligation by the National Hockey League to three national nights for Sportsnet, Saturdays, Sundays, and Wednesdays. And there is a contractual obligation in the United States for two more national nights, Wednesdays and Sundays for NBC. And what that does do is that forces a ton of games on the regional level, which is still where most of the revenue is in this game, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And that means Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, do the math. That's three games in four nights if you have to do it. And that becomes a major issue in addition to the travel, what every team has to face. Yeah. And uh, we're we're dealing with uh, that uh, right now for the Edmonton Oilers. One final one for you, a bit of a curveball, but an an off-topic here over the course, an off-mentioned topic over the course of the last two weeks. Leon Dreisaitl, third star of the week this year, coming off being the player of the month for the month of February, leads the NHL by uh, 110 points, 14 up on his teammate, Connor McDavid. The Edmonton Oilers, probably a bit of a surprise this year at 37-24-8. Is this guy number one for you for the Hart Trophy. Well, he is absolutely right now. And and the biggest issue, I think, is, um, and I've said this before on this show, and I've said it on Reed's show, too, is that uh, the biggest concern uh, will be, and I guess I'm in election mode these days, um, the biggest concern is that will Connor and Leon split the vote? And will there be people that have seen enough of Connor and seen enough of Leon to say, oh, one of these two guys is the MVP, and then with those, with those, and I would assume that their Western Conference-based media would one decide Connor's got the got the vote or Leon's got the vote, and will they split the vote? And that allows somebody like a David Pasternak uh, to uh, to go up the middle and become the Hart Trophy winner. Good stuff, John. We'll touch base on Wednesday. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now. Have a great day, Bob. 
We will try to. Uh, it is 1249 in Edmonton. When we get back, we're going to get to some Ashley Fine Floors texts. And, uh, yeah. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll tell you a little about uh, an opportunity for you to get on a bucket list trip. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. It'll be Rico Koskinen starting a goal tonight for the Edmonton Oilers against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's 12.52 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in Ice District at Rogers Place. If you're looking for a bucket list trip this summer, join 630 Chad's Jalen Nye. Fabulous tour to Iceland and Ireland with New West Travel. They will explore the colors, culture, and history and magnificent coastal villages of Iceland and Ireland. Your trip includes airfare, 11 nights in first-class hotels, guided tours, and fabulous food. Book now and save 400 bucks for reservations. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Game-time decision for Connor McDavid. Oilers are hopeful that he's able to go. can tell his energy level's been a little light here over the last uh, couple games. Vegas, good team. They're 14-5-2 under Peter DeBoer. Speaking of Vegas, that is where the Chiseler is from. Uh, the Chiseler, a longtime texter to Oilers now from Vegas. And the Chiseler says, Bob, not anointed and don't appear to be fooled, but I do you owe you an apology. The, uh, the Oilers will get the win tonight. Koskinen will continue the robbery. Uh, he'll outduel the flower bank on it. Telling you point blank, I knew in the summer that the orange blue would battle for first. Just saying, I get it, Bob. Heard you were 0 16 and 1 with Strathcona back in the day. Out. Uh, that is not true. The Strathcona Warriors never went 0 16 and 1 when I graced uh, their right wing. We weren't very good, but we didn't go 0 16 and 1. We had a couple of good players. Brad Moline was a good player. Arnie Cullen was a good player. Uh, they both went on and had junior careers. That's about as far as maybe Dave Mokasak. I think he was a pretty good player as well. What do you got for us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line? All right, well, uh, KDK wants to know, regarding college free agents, would it not make more sense for teams to commit more staffing to scout college players and use the perceived value of draft picks to trade or acquire the players via trade? In KDK's opinion, the risk-reward surrounding college players is far less than the draft picks outside of the top 20. What do you think? Uh, I, I, you know what? It's a, let me ask you a question, Brendan. Who's been the best, most impactful college player that's coming to the NHL in the last five years? Undra- <laughs> undra- undrafted, 
Like, John Marino doesn't count. Edmonton drafted John Marino. They didn't sign him. Uh, and Edmonton got what they could, which was a pick, and Pittsburgh got themselves a hell of a defenseman for free. Uh, you know, Matt Benning was drafted by Boston, and that worked to Edmonton's advantage, and they signed Matt Benning, and he's been a plus defenseman ever since for the Oilers. Um, you know, Drake Kajula was an undrafted free agent that chose Edmonton other, uh, uh, over other organizations. Played, what, two and a half seasons here? So the question I had, name the last. I'll throw that out to the Texers right now in our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Name the last truly impactful, so either a top six forward or a top four defenseman, like would Danny DeKaiser count from Detroit? He was a top four D-man that was undrafted. Surely there's got to be somebody. I'm missing somebody more recent than that. I don't. The, the answer for KDK, I don't have the answer. I don't know how much money you put in there. Like Frank Cervelli put out a list of five guys. The guy from Dartmouth signed the other day or uh, just today with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh gets a lot of, of college free agents. So that's obviously a target for them. But I don't have the actual answer. I know that I will tell you this: the NCAA system and the players in that system benefit from the current structure of the CBA. There is no question as to to, to sort of how that all. Tra- I mean, look what happened with uh, look what happened. Case in point with Marino, he forced the Oilers' hand. Riley Nash did the same thing, forced the Oilers' hand, and it worked to Edmonton's advantage in the case uh, of a guy like Matt Benny. So. I'm hearing crickets, Brendan. Is that a sign nobody can come up with any players that were NCAA free agents that were undrafted? Remember how much we talked about Spencer Fu like three years ago? Yeah, we've got some people texting in here about Justin Schultz. Connor Sheary's oh, been suggested. Oh, 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 oh I, but, and, and, and Justin Schultz was signed or was drafted. He was the second round. That one worked Edmonton's advantage. So it's worked Edmonton's advantage at times. It worked against them. Connor Sheary's a pretty good free agent. That's a good, that's a good one. Um, so there you go. Like, there's don't get me wrong. There's players there, but how? I don't. I don't have the answer for you. How much money do you put into to to go? And the argument is, it's a free player. Like, if you're telling me you go in and your pro scouts go in and take a look at him once or twice, for sure, all day. But do you court the guy and court the guy for months and months on end, ultimately to be left at the altar? Because that has happened too. So. Great point by the Texters bringing up Justin Schultz. That was a big deal when he made that decision and chose Edmonton. The problem is the Oilers had to start him too high in the lineup, and then the two players they basically had play with them, Nick Schultz and Andrew Ference, weren't as good as they once were, and they themselves were challenged to play consistently in the top four roles that they once were in. So, actually, in Ference's case, he was a 4-5 in his NHL career. Nick Schultz was definitely a top four defenseman in Minnesota. So... Food for thought in that regard. Again, you can text us at any time. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bella when we come back at 105. Friend of the show, Al May, longtime Washington Capitals broadcaster. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.